I want every one of us, remember I, I gave this to you in the very first message of the year and had you grade yourself. How many graded yourself? Okay, by faith I'm going to believe I see some more hands. But you need to know where you are. Between 1 and 10, grade yourself. Because these things right here will determine, I believe, whether we're healthy or not, spiritually. So we're on a journey to know God. When you know God, you're spiritually healthy. We're on a journey to move forward. We're, gonna, we're putting our past behind us. We're getting all that junk out. We're getting all that bondage that holds us. We're, we're putting it behind us and we're moving forward in the name of Jesus. That brings spiritual health to us. We're developing godly relationships because when you have godly relationships, it brings spiritual health to you. Are you with me today? We're going to discover our purpose. Every one of us in here, we were created by God for a purpose and with a purpose. And when you discover your purpose and you begin, that's why I encourage you to get on a team and let God begin to use you. Because when you discover your purpose and you allow God to use you in that area, it brings spiritual health to you. And we're going to impact others. Every one of us have a world that we live in, and God wants us to impact that world. And so we're believing that this is the journey, and I want every one of these areas to be a, a focal point of our life this year at City Church. So if you haven't got your, your, your notes out, go ahead and, and, and get them out and let God speak to us today. I want all of us to be able to fight the good fight of faith. Come on now. How many are in a fight of faith right now? What is a fight of faith all about? A fight of faith means this. It means that God's word says this, but your life says this. And there's a gap between those two. The fight of faith is what takes place in between those two points. And God wants to close that gap. He says this about your life, but you're seeing this. And it's like, man, it's not even close to what God says. Well, listen, you insert faith in between those two points, and you obey, and you do what God wants you to do, and the, the gap closes, and eventually what ends up happening is your life will begin to align with what God says. Come on now. Come on now. That's what the good fight of faith is. And see, the enemy also, he is in the middle of that gap, trying to get you to quit, trying to get you to throw in the towel, trying to discourage you, trying to say it ain't working, it ain't worth it, or whatever lie he uses against us, trying to, to keep us from walking that, that faith walk in that gap. So don't let him do that to you. So in your notes, I'm, I'm calling this, this series, I'm titling it Fully Alive. Everybody say Fully Alive. The reason why I'm titling it that is because that's what God wants for us. That is the life that he wants us to live. A life that is fully alive, not one that is half dead. He wants every area of your life to be fully alive. But we need to realize, and this is, this is one of, I really believe, is one of my mandates, one of my job assignments from heaven this year is to help us to understand that nothing that the Father says to us just happens. Come on now. We're going to grow up this year. Can we grow up this year? Now when I say, what, what, is, the, what is the pure sign of being a grown-up? You accept responsibility. Right? Man, when we see our kids starting accepting responsibility for things, right? We can say, man, they're growing up. They're maturing. 
And so we're going to accept some responsibility that God says this, but what is my role in that so that God can bring it to pass? So we're going to be doing that. So over the next four weeks, I'm going to just challenge all of us. Don't miss a service. Be here. Be here because each message that I'm going to be bringing to you, all, each one of them is a, plays a part, plays a role in living the fully alive life. So important to us. So what I want to do, my two main goals in this service, and I'm going to get in the message in just a second, is number one is that if you're struggling with believing that God really does want you to live a life that is full of life, that I can convince you that that is his will for your life. That it really is God's will for you to live a life that is satisfying, that is complete, that has substance, that has meaning to it. And my second goal in this is kind of like I've already mentioned, is to make sure that each one of us understand our responsibility so that God can make that happen in our life. So that our life can move in the direction of the life that is being lived fully alive in God. How many will believe with me for that? How many will believe with me, not just today, but all year long, that God wants every person that calls City Church to be living, the home, to be living a life that is fully alive? I want to see your hands. So you're making a commitment to believe with me, to stand with me. You believe for me, I'll believe for you. We'll believe for everybody around us. Amen? That's God's will. In fact, right now, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I'm believing with you. And I'm believing for you. Now look at that other neighbor who was your second choice. <laughs> say, <laughs> say, I'm believing with you. And I'm believing for you. All right. Let's dive in. I'm going to share with you the foundational message or verse for this whole series. But here's what I want you to do. Don't get ahead of me. You've already seen it in your notes, but I don't want you to say, man, you know, that's a really familiar passage around here, Pastor Rusty. I know it is, but I want you to hang on for just a second because there's some things that we're probably going to learn here today that are really a lot of times not even brought into the conversation when this verse is talked about that really does open it up so that what he, Jesus tells us in this passage can come to work and be at work in our life. Jesus said this in your notes in John chapter 10, very familiar. He says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Anything in your life that is bringing destruction, that is stealing from you, that is killing your dreams, that is stealing your, your joy, any of those things, it doesn't come from God, it comes from your enemy. I mean, no, we have an enemy. He is out there. We're not glorifying him. We're not lifting him up, but we're exposing the fact that he is out there. He is real, and he's got a plan, and he comes for the purpose of killing, stealing, and destroying. But Jesus said, I have a purpose too, and my purpose is this. I have come that you might have life, and what? And you might have it to the full. Powerful, powerful passage. And if you believe this verse right here, you have to believe that God saved us, brought us into the kingdom of God so that we could live a life that is full. So that we could live a fully alive life. 
that Jesus came to bring life to us. And I'm going to talk through this slowly because I want you to, I want to sow something deep into your heart before we get into the main part of this. That Jesus came to provide life for you. I want you to get that on the inside of you. In fact, let me say it like this. This is not in your notes, but I want to put it up on the screen because I want you to see it. It is his life that brings us life so we can live life to the fullest. It is his life that brings us life so we can live life to the fullest. We have to understand this, this, this journey of the life that flows from him to us and then out to our life. That flows from him to us out to our relationships. From him to us out to our, our, our work out to our, our, our health. It flows from him. It is his life. Everybody say his life that brings us life so we can live life to the fullest. That is what is going on in John chapter 10 and verse 10. You could say it like this, just to, uh, to, to elaborate on it. The full life God wants us to live is directly connected to the empowering life of Jesus he has provided for us as his people. In other words, we can't do this alone. You cannot live the fully alive life that God has for you by yourself. Why? Because the fully alive life, which is the end result of what we want to be living, comes from him. Come on now. Let this get, get deep down on the inside of you. The full life God wants us to live is directly connected to the empowering life Jesus has provided for us as his people. Now you know why the enemy works so hard at trying to separate us from him. This is so important for us to understand. But here's what I want us to go a little bit deeper in, and that is this. We experience the full life that God has for us, that Jesus promised us in John chapter 10, verse 10, not just because he has provided it for us, but because we are connected to it. Are you connected to it? Not just because he provided it. Listen, let me explain it like this. There is power running in every wall of this building. There's enough power to turn lights on. There's enough power to run stuff. The power is here. But it doesn't matter how much power is in this building. It doesn't matter how much power is behind every wall socket. It does us no good unless you do what? Unless you connect. Unless you actively plug into that power. And that's our responsibility, church. The power is there. The power is available. The Bible talks to us and tells us that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. But it's just like this building. If we don't connect with it, we're not going to reap the results of it. So here's what I want us to understand. And this may shock you, okay? 
But John chapter 10, verse 10 does not give us enough information to connect to the power. Listen, if all you do is read John 10, 10, you have a verse that you can believe. You have a verse that you can shout about. You have a verse that you can study, but you do not have a verse that can connect you to the power. It doesn't give us enough information. Come on now. If you've never thought about this before, I want you to, I want you to catch, get a hold of this. Because a lot of times we do this with, with, with Scripture. We, we, we see the plan of God. We see the purpose of God. We see God's will. But we don't discover the responsibility that we have to connect us to it. So let's shout about John chapter 10. Let's believe John chapter 10 verse 10. Let's, let's, let's believe that God wants us to live this full of life and that Jesus came to provide it for us. But what we have to do is we have to go deeper into the conversation because when Jesus was talking about the full alive life that we're talking about, he didn't stop in John chapter 10. There was a conversation that he continued on with that helps us to understand how to connect to the life that he provides for us. Are you with me today? So let's continue on in a verse. You see it in your notes. Jesus went on to say this. After he'd already told us the purpose for coming, after he'd already shared with us the will of God, after he got us excited that we can have life and life more abundantly or life to the full, he said this in the next four verses. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling is, is who is not the, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. We're not going to go into that aspect of it. I want us to focus on the shepherd aspect of it. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. One of the main things that we talked about that is part of our journey is what? Knowing God. Knowing God. Why is that so important to us? Because Jesus was talking about he knew the Father and the Father knew him. But here's my point in saying this, that Jesus gave us a promise in John chapter 10 that he came to give us life and life more abundantly. He warned us about the enemy trying to steal that life from us. He laid his life down so we could have this life. So the message that Jesus wants all of us to get when he continued on in his conversation in the next four verses is this, is that life and the fully alive life is always found in the relationship between the sheep and the shepherd. That this sheep and shepherd metaphor is one of the most powerful metaphors that is used throughout Scripture to talk to us and to explain to us how we are to relate to God. What is he saying? That I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And as you go on in the text, what you discover is that life is only available to the sheep that are close to the shepherd. 
Are we doing okay today? So important for us to understand. Say this out loud after me. Say, I am a sheep. And Jesus is my shepherd. I am a sheep. And Jesus is my shepherd. Look at your neighbor and say, no wonder you stink. I want this shepherd sheep picture to get deep down on the inside of you because there are huge blessings that go with that relationship huge blessings so in your notes here's the main thought of this entire series after reading what Jesus said in your notes our relationship with our shepherd will determine at what level we live our life Our relationship with our shepherd will determine at what level we live our life. The better the relationship, the more of an impact it will have on our life. Are you with me today? This shepherd-sheep relationship is vitally important to you and I living the life that God has for us. That's my introduction. Let's get into the message today. In your notes, part one of the fully alive life, because this is so important, I want to talk to you about this today, getting close to the shepherd. Getting close to the shepherd. I don't know about you, but anytime we go anywhere, maybe to the rodeo or to a basketball game or a football game or a baseball game or whatever it is, I want to get as close to the action as possible. How many believe that? How many are like that? You want to you be front row, front row. And say, so he's like, no, it's too expensive. And I'm like, well, I'll go by myself and save money from your ticket or whatever. <laughs> no. But I want to be as close as possible to the action. Why? Because the closer you are to what's going on in the field or whatever you're at, the better you see. The better experience you have, the closer you are, the more you understand. The closer you are, the more connected you are to what's going on. You don't get the same experience in the nosebleed section, which we end up sitting in a lot. My point is, the closer, the better. And the reason why I say that to you is simply because that's the same way it is in our relationship with the Father. That's the same way it is in our relationship with the Lord. The closer we are to Him, the better our relationship, the better our life is going to be. The more life that Jesus can provide is going to flow into our life. And the more life that He provides because we're close to Him, the more life is going to affect our life. Are you with me this morning? And the shepherd wants the sheep to be close to Him. Why? Because the she- to, the she- to the shepherd, the sheep are important. I don't know if you've ever thought about this before, but God cares about you. He wants you close. He wants you right beside him. Maybe we've never talked, you've never thought about this before, but you need a shepherd. I need a shepherd. We need a shepherd in our life. It's so important for us. Have you ever just, have you ever loved something or somebody, not something, but somebody so much? You care so much deeply for them that it makes you sad when they struggle you know what I'm talking about man it just you just want to weep for them because 
You don't want to see them struggle. You love them and care for them so much that you don't want them to be alone. You don't want them to, to be by themselves. How many know what I'm talking about? And we have that kind of relationships on a human level. We just love people so much we, it makes us sad when they struggle. We don't want them to be alone. We don't want them out there by themselves. Listen, the reason why we have that is because that's the heart of the shepherd for you. That's the heart of the shepherd for you. That's God's heart for you, his people. And it breaks his heart when we struggle. It breaks his heart when we're out there doing our own thing and we're alone. It's what caused Jesus to, not long before his passing or his death on the cross, to stand on the mountaintop and look over Jerusalem and say, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets. How often I long to, to gather you under my wings like a mother hen gathers her chickens. They wouldn't let him get close to them, and it broke his heart. It's what caused the shepherd to leave the 99 and go out to get the one. Because that's the heart that God has for us. He wants you to be close to him. He wants you to experience all that he has. I love this passage. You see it in your notes there. Psalms 95, 7. The psalmist declares, and I want us to be able to declare this over our life, for he is our God. He's our, he's my God. Everybody say, my God. He's my God. And see, there's a lot of things in your life and in my life that's trying to be our God. Trying to run the show. Trying to call the shots. And we got to say, no, he's my God. This unforgiveness, you are not my God. This bitterness, you are not my God. This desire for things of the world, you are not my God. He is my God. He is my shepherd. He is our God. And not only that, we are his people. Glory to God. And I belong to him. Everybody say, I belong to the shepherd. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice. I want us to hear his voice, guys. Today, I want us to hear the voice of the shepherd that says, I want to be your God. I want to be your shepherd. I want you to recognize that you are important to me. I want us to hear that. I want us to hear the voice of the Father or the shepherd saying, I want you to be close to me so you can see me for who I am, so you can experience all that I have, so that the life that my son gave his life for can flow into your life so your life can be lived to the full. God wants us close. Everybody say, God, my shepherd wants me close. That's why he gave us the promise. That if we'll draw near to him, he will do what? He'll draw near to us. Don't forget, Jesus gave his life for the sheep so we could experience full life. But we have to live close to the shepherd. So because it's so important to the Lord, the last thing that our shepherd wants is for you and I 
to be running around involved in what? Somebody else's pasture. Come on now. How many know it's really easy for us to get out of the pasture of the pasture of the Lord and get over into another pasture? Right? Get out of the hand of the Lord and get into something else's hand. And God doesn't want us in somebody else's pasture. He wants us in his pasture. Because listen, getting out of the pasture, pasture of our shepherd is dangerous. I'm going to just throw a warning out there for us today. Creating distance between you and your shepherd will cause you harm. If we, like this little sheep right here, decide we want to do something else other than the Lord and we separate ourselves from our shepherd and we go over into another pasture and we get into somebody else's hand, it is dangerous out there, guys. Are you with me this morning? What do we do when we move ourselves from being by the shepherd and we get out by ourselves? We're creating distance. We're creating distance between us and our shepherd. And the Bible says of Peter in his life, when he followed Jesus from a distance, he made all kinds of mistakes. He got himself in trouble when he created distance between him and Jesus. I'll never forget when I learned this lesson of not creating distance between me and the shepherd. Actually, it wasn't long after Stacy and I got saved, and we were serving the Lord, and we were on fire for God, and God was doing big things in our life. And it was in 1988, and it was the, the, the Texas Rodeo Association finals. They were in Fort Worth at Caltown Coliseum, and Stacy was going to come up a, a day later because she had to work, and I rode up there with some friends, and we were in the hotel the night before the rodeo finals were going to start, and some of my buddies said, hey, Rusty, y'all ready to go to the bar? I'm not trying to step on any toes right here. No, man, I don't want to go. I was saved. I was, man, I, was, I loved the Lord. So I hadn't been saved long. No, I don't want to go. Oh, yeah, come on, man, come on. You can go to the bar with us. what we do. No, no, no. Well, they just kept putting pressure on me, and finally I said, okay, I'll go. We went to the bar that night. Walked up to the bar as normal, got a Budweiser. Don't judge me, this is a long time ago. <laughs> Sat there, took a couple of drinks, turned around and looked and said, man, I am out of God's pasture. This, this, is, this doesn't feel right. I know some of y'all are silent. This doesn't feel right. I literally, I called Stacy because I felt so alone, even though everybody was around me. I called her, and I called her crying. Because my heart was sad. Why? Because I wasn't in the hands of the Lord. I realized that my shepherd didn't lead me there. And I'm, this is just my experience. You take it and apply it to your life. And I called her crying because I realized, man, I'm in the wrong pasture. I'm creating distance between me and the Father. 
And there's two things that I learned that night that stuck with me to today. The first one was this. I was still very, 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 very aware that God loved me, that God cared about me, and that he hadn't disowned me because I was doing dumb stuff. Come on now. That he cared about me. He had not turned his back on me. I was aware of that at that moment. But there was also something that I was very aware of, and that is this, is that because I was not in his pasture, because I was not in his hand, and I had created distance between me and him, that I was engaging in activity that was way below what Jesus, the good shepherd, desired for me. We doing all right? And that I was not allowing him to have the influence over my life. He was not shepherding me at that moment. I was shepherding myself. He was not the one that was influencing me. I was influencing myself. Are we doing okay today? What am I trying to do? For some of us, I'm trying to get us to come home. I'm trying to get us. That's a sheep on acid. No. I don't know where that came from. I'm trying to get us to come home. Why? Because God has a fully alive life waiting for you. And I just want to challenge all of us before we go on to this mess, through this message to look at your life. Have you separated yourself from the shepherd? Have you created distance between you and the one who gave his life? Who says, hey, listen, I've got life and life more abundantly for you. But it has to do with the, hum the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. That's what matters. God wants us close. You know why? This is not in your notes. One of the reasons why is because sheep that wander off from the shepherd put themselves in danger. You put yourself in danger when you wander from the shepherd. When you get out of his pasture and you go get into some other pasture and you whatever that means to you into your life, it puts you in danger. Distance creates danger. God wants us close to him so that his life can flow to our life and that that life can flow out to our life. In fact, in your notes, you could wrap up everything that I just said in these thoughts right here. Number one, closeness creates life. That's what I want to get into your thinking today. Closeness creates life. Distance creates danger. And I just challenge you as your pastor today, that this week, look at your life. Ask yourself, have I drifted away from where I used to be? Have I created distance between myself and my shepherd? But because, but because I used to be close to the shepherd, I know how to mimic it. I know how to make it look good. Are you with me? Closeness creates life. Distance creates danger. I want us to hear the shepherd's voice today. Declaring to each and every one of us, I want you close. I want you close to me. I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. I want you to talk with me. I want to be the one who is influencing you. I want you in my pasture. I want you in my hand because there are huge blessings when we're in that place. When we're over here, here's the deal. 
the blessings still belong to us. They still belong to us. But the gap and the distance makes it very difficult for God to get them to us. Come on now. Because there is some responsibility that we have on our part to get close to the shepherd so that his life can affect our life so that we can live a fully alive life. And here's the awesome thing about it. And I'm going to pick up the pace here. That one of the things that goes with being a shepherd, and you noticed that in that, that wording and in all the other wording about the shepherd-sheep relationship, the sh- it, it always uses the phrase, my sheep. My sheep, or my people, or they're mine. There's ownership language that, go- that goes with the shepherd-sheep relationship. Are you getting something today? There's ownership. When you belong to the Lord, He, cl- he declares over your life, I will be responsible for you. Because I am your shepherd. And what we see throughout scripture is that those that are close to the the shepherd, those that stay in his pasture, that there are amazing promises that the shepherd promises the sheep. And we see these amazing promises kind of condensed in one of the, obviously the greatest shepherd psalm there is, Psalms 23. Now here's what I wanted to share with you before we look at that. Something is just, it's just so awesome and so cool about God and the way he does things. Psalms 22. Everybody say Psalms 22. Psalms 22 is a psalm about the shepherd giving his life for the sheep. Psalms 24. Everybody say Psalms 24. Psalms 24 is the psalm about the shepherd returning for the sheep. So you've got both spectrums. Psalms 23, right between 22 and 24, is the psalm of the shepherd and how he relates to the, his sheep right here and right now. In between the death and the return. That's the time frame of Psalms 23, stuck between those two other psalms. And there are amazing promises in there. Let me just give them to you. These are the promises that belong to you when you stay close to the shepherd. First one is this, to always provide for you. The shepherd says, I will be your provider. I will be your source. I will be the one that will provide everything that your life needs. That's the responsibility that the shepherd gives or takes for the sheep. We see it in verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. Everybody say, my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The promise to the sheep that stays close to the shepherd is that the Lord will be your source. The Lord will be your provider. Here's the second promise of Psalms 23. To always lead you. That is a promise from the shepherd to the sheep. I will lead you. You will never ever be in a time, in a place in your life where you don't know what to do. If you stay close to me, I will lead you. I will lead you in your finances. I will lead you in your marriage. I will lead you in your work. I will lead you in your day-to-day life. That is a promise that the shepherd gives to the sheep. We see it in the next past verse. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. And when he leads you, he will always lead you in a way that is healthy for you. See, when the enemy, the hireling, if he tries to lead you, he will lead you, not not into green pastures, but dead pastures. Even though it may feel like it's alive, it'll be dead. So those are the promises. Here's the third promise that the shepherd gives us to the sheep that stay close to. Always be with you. 
that he will always be with you, that you will never be alone. This is a promise of the shepherd to the sheep, to always be with you. You will never be alone. You don't have to face life by yourself when you allow yourself as the sheep to be close to the shepherd. It's a promise to the sheep. Here's the next one. The shepherd promises, well, we see the verse there, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That's God's promise to you. Here's the next one. To always protect you. His promise is to protect you. He will keep you out of harm's way. When you allow him to be your shepherd, his word to guide you, it will keep you from making wrong choices. It will keep you from going down the wrong pathway. It will keep you from connecting to the wrong shepherd that wants to rule your life. He will protect. That's a promise. The verse, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with all. My cup runs over. I love that passage. I wish we had time to talk about it. But we live in the valley of the shadow of death right now. There are enemies all around us. And God says, if you will allow me to be your shepherd and you will be my sheep and you will stay close to me, I will plant you and you will prosper right in the middle of all the enemies that are around you. I will give you the power to overcome temptation. I will give you the power to prosper no matter what the economy's doing, no matter who's in, who's in charge of this country. God is our shepherd, and that's what matters. Are you following me? He promises that he will plant you, and he will anoint you with his power and his presence right in the middle of all of our enemies. He promises to protect you. And here's another promise of Psalms 23. He promises to never give up on you. He'll never give up on you. I love that. The shepherd never gives up on the sheep. It doesn't matter how bad we blow it. It doesn't matter how bad we mess it up. The shepherd never, ever gives up on the sheep. Look at what he says. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Not just when I do right and then it disappears when I do wrong. It follows me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God's promise as your shepherd, if you're a sheep and you stay close to him, you will sense that he will never, ever give up on you. These promises are important to our life because each and every one of them can carry with it the life of Jesus that produces life in us, which affects our life in general. Jesus has come to give us that life. I love this passage. As we go to the next thought here, Matthew 9, 36, Jesus says, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. He was sad. Why? Because he cared about them. Why? Because they were weary and scattered like a sheep having no shepherd. I just want to call us home today. Some of you may already be home. Good, stay home. But if you're here today and you're living a life and you're scattered, you're in somebody else's pasture, Jesus is looking down and saying, I'm the good shepherd. I want influence in your life. Can you come home? Can you get close to me again? I've got blessing and I've got promises for you. It's so important for us to understand because see also, before we move on, 
living separate from the shepherd, you know what it'll do? It'll wear you out. <laughs> it'll wear you out. I don't know where you are today in your shepherd-sheep relationship. But if there's distance, God's calling you. Why? Because he has abundant life and he wants your life to experience it. That's so important for us to understand. So the question is this. If living separate from the Lord wears us out, is dangerous, can really mess our life up, but living close creates life and life more abundantly and connects us to all the promises, then how do we stay close to the shepherd? How do we stay close to the shepherd? I'm going to give you four thoughts. I'm not going to be long on this because they're all self-explanatory, and I'm just going to believe God's going to show you how each one of these apply to your own life. Four things that we need to do to stay close to the shepherd. Here's the first one in your notes. Ready? We need to just recognize my need for a shepherd. You just need to recognize you need a shepherd in your life. But you can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. You can't, you can't live for God by yourself. You need a shepherd. You can't be married alone by yourself. You can't do it in your own strength. And your, you need to recognize my need for a shepherd. None of us are any good at leading ourselves. If we try to shepherd ourselves, we're going to get ourselves in trouble. And this recognizing our need for a shepherd, what it does is it places a dependence and a trust in the Lord. God, I need you. Everybody say, God, I need you. Say, I need you. Say, I recognize my need for you. And that, may that be the cry of our heart. The cry of dependence that I recognize that I need a shepherd in my life. That without you I know nothing. Without you I can do nothing. Without you I have nothing. Peter said it like this. Who else do we go to, Lord? You're the only one that has the words of eternal life. We need to recognize from the depths of our heart that we need a shepherd in our life. If we don't recognize our need for him, we're never going to be close to him. It should be our highest priority our highest pursuit, and our greatest passion to stay close to the shepherd because we recognize our need for him. Psalms 100 verse 3 says this, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is him, it is he who made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We need to recognize our need for a shepherd. Here's the second one. After you recognize your need, you need to humble myself before my shepherd. I need to humble myself. Peter said it like this. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due season. In due time. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourself to your shepherd. I love the fact that it says, and it's the responsibility aspect of Christianity, when he says, humble yourself. What does that mean? It means God's not going to humble us. God's not going to force us. God's not going to make us. He's not going to... We're not in church today because God forced us. 
We're here because you decided to come. Come on now. If you'd have wanted to stay home, you could have. Humility, humbling ourselves, just simply means I'm placing myself under the submission of who you are. Really and truly, the word humility, it means this. It means to walk in reality. Humility means to walk in reality. The reality of who he is versus the reality of who I am. And when we get that reality right, we humble ourselves to him. Are you following me today? Humble yourself before your shepherd. Put yourself in a place where he has influence, where his word speaks. It's us allowing him to direct our life, to call the shots, to tell us yes, to tell us no, to tell us do this, to tell us not to do that. We humble ourselves before our shepherd. If we do that, we'll stay close. Recognize your need for a shepherd. Humble yourself to the shepherd. Here's the third thing, and this is probably my, my, my favorite of, of the four. Ready? If you're going to stay close to the shepherd, you need to allow, I need to allow my shepherd to love me. I've got to allow God to love me. John said it like this. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world, that we, should, that we might live through him. There we go again. There's the transfer. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. This is so important. I want to say something to you that might, oh, back up, that might shock you. It might shock you, but if, if you need to hear it, it's going to help you. If you are not aware that God really loves you, the first step into experiencing his love, are you with me? Is for you to stop loving him. Too many Christians are trying to love God and they don't even know that he loves them. And when you try to love God and you are not aware of his love for you, it's nothing more than religious works and will wear you out. Are you following me? Just stop loving God and let him love you. And when you get the revelation of him loving you, then you loving him will follow. We love him, what? Because he first, because everybody say first, because he first loved us. I know that what I said is going to shock some people, but there are too many Christians that are trying to love God, but they don't even know that God loves them, and they're tired, and they're worn out, and they're confused, and they can't connect with him because it's based upon work. It's not based upon relationship. And God says, listen, life is found. And you just let me love you first. Are you with me today? And when you just let God love you, it does something in your heart. It does something so deep in your heart that the only response back from you is loving him. You have to allow God to love you. And here's the third one. Ready? Fourth one. Desire to please my shepherd. Just have a deep desire on the inside of you. Doesn't mean you're going to be perfect, but a desire to please my shepherd. I want to please him. Colossians 1, 
verse 10 says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. You want to stay close to the shepherd? Desire to please Him. Again, it doesn't mean you're going to be perfect, but it keeps you on track. It's so important. Now, this, this might seem to be the most complicated of all the four, but the reality is it's really just the simplest. Let me just share with you how to please the Father, how to please your shepherd. Do the first three. If you do the first three, you'll be pleasing to him because it'll set you in position to have a deep relationship with him. As we wrap this up today, I encourage encourage you just to look at your life I'll look at mine where are you in relationship to your shepherd have you created distance between you and him and if so come home draw near and just think about it for just a second as the band gets ready what your life could be like just imagine what your life could be like is if as a sheep shepherd-sheep relationship, how that could affect every other area of your life. So here's my challenge to you as the band gets ready to come up. In your notes, I will stay close to Jesus because he's my good shepherd. Simple. Declare that over your life, that you'll stay close to Jesus he's your good shepherd he loves you, he cares about you and he has life that he wants you to experience so everybody close your eyes with me this morning as the prayer partner says you go ahead and slip up out of your seat and come down and get ready to close the service out but I'm not letting you go yet we're going to worship the Lord a little bit with one more song if your kids are not ready for us let's just honor the Lord today and stay for the conclusion of the service when I let you go you're here today with every eye closed and every head bowed and you don't know the shepherd you've created distance between you and the shepherd because you used to know him but you're in one of those two categories today's the day to come home today's the day to come home because the rest of this series is going to be about allowing the shepherd that we're close to to affect our life so if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or you've created distance and you want to you close the gap today, if you raise your hand, I'd love the privilege of being able to pray for you. Anybody would say with a raised hand, Pastor Rusty, pray for me. I want to make, I see that hand. I see that hand. Anybody else would join these hands. I don't know Jesus as my shepherd. I want to, or I know him, but I've created distance. I see that hand. Everybody stand with me. Before, the, before the, the band leads us in a song of worship, I want everybody to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, today's the day I come home. Forgive me for creating distance between me and you. From this moment on, you're my shepherd. I'm your sheep. I want to be close to you. You're my Lord. You're my Savior. You died for me. I will live for you from now on. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, 
Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap this morning. As the band leads us in a song of worship, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or you need another area of your life to be prayed about, I encourage you to slip up out of your seats and come down. Let these prayer partners pray with you. I'll be back in just a second to close the service out. God bless. close to you, Lord. We worship you in this house today. Thank you for the seed that you've deposited into our hearts. God, help us to recognize just how far us you are. Help us to stay close. Help us to constantly always being drawing near to you, knowing that you will respond by drawing near to us. I speak blessing over City Church. 
over everybody individual, over their families, their finances, their health. May your abundant life touch every one of us in an amazing way this year, Lord. And we just commit ourselves to staying close to you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, give the Lord another hand clap this morning. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you so much. We're praying for you. Have an amazing week. Don't forget about city groups. Get involved. God bless.
Staring into your eyes makes my heart come.